All right, guys, so we're in lesson six. We're going to talk about conceptions of ministry today, all right? Now, remember, Paul is starting out this letter. He, he starts out after thanking, praising God for them, referring to them as saints. He gets immediately into the issue with them, which is as they are divided as a church. They're fractured. And, it, and the, the reason why they're fussing with each other is centered around leaders. You have one group that says, well, I follow Paul. Another group says, I follow Apollos. And another group says, I follow Cephas, which is another name for Peter. You know, and then the other group says, well, I follow Jesus. And so they're, they're arguing with each other. And so he's been basically trying to tell them to stop. So over the last few weeks, we've looked at where he's gone through a progression with his argument. Basically, he's he started out saying, is Christ's body divided? It's not. It's not right for them to act that way. Then he goes into the whole argument of that human wisdom is not God's wisdom. And by human wisdom, who are they? They're nothing. You know what I'm saying? None of them are great. None of them are spectacular. Nobody really thinks that much about them. I mean, that's true even to this day, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, we, you might be somebody in here, but outside in the world, you're nobody. Yeah, you know, I'm reminded years ago, I was reading an article about some guy who was in an airport and he saw one of these well-known preachers that are on TV that is well-known in evangelical circles and about how everybody just swoons over this guy, but he saw him in a airport. He was Chicago or something walking around. And he was just one dude walking among thousands of people. Nobody cared who he was. He knew who he was, but everybody else had no clue who he was. Do you know what I'm saying? So in, in a church, he would be big stuff, but in the world, in an airport where everybody's heading to where they want to go, he was nobody. And that's the point that Paul's making here because Bruce mentioned it in our, when we talked about this at first a few weeks ago. The reason why we have disputes or arguments is because of ego, right? Ego. So then he's talking about the wisdom of God and how our, how, how our wisdom is nothing. God, God's foolishness is greater than our wisdom. So he's going to continue on now and he's going to further his argument by talking about the nature of ministry, the nature of those who are in ministry, okay? And you and I need to recognize that because even today, do we still have a problem today where we lift up one speaker over another speaker? Do we have that problem today? You know? Yeah, like for instance, I, you know, sometimes, you know, when I'm driving at night somewhere and I listen to Christian radio, sometimes you'll hear preachers from the 1950s on the radio, and they were great men in the 1950s, but their message, I'll be honest with you, 50 years later isn't necessarily relevant, especially when they're using illustrations that are appropriate to 1950. You know what I'm saying? You know, what's the purpose in that? You know, they're, they're, they're just men at a, given at a certain time. Did you understand what I'm saying? So let's talk about it today. We're going to talk about conceptions of ministry going to go through the rest of chapter 3. And uh, so here, we're going to talk about the work of leaders. Look with me at verse chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. Paul says this. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned 
to each. I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. Okay, so here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take a look at this, and we're going to talk about what Paul's he's trying to bring some realism with them. We're going to talk about what he's saying here. So the first thing is, he states that he and Apollos are servants of the Lord. Bottom line, pastors, whether they pastor a big church or a small church, they're just servants of the Lord. Did you understand the guy on the radio or the guy not on the radio? They're just servants of the Lord, all right? So we need to keep that in perspective, all right? They are servants whom God used to bring the Corinthians to faith. So, for instance, in the Corinthian case, when they first started out, God used Paul. He was the church planter, okay? But then knowing the nature of Paul's ministry, did he stay around places for long? No, he moved on. God moved him on to what? Go plant other churches. Well, after Paul was there, guess who shows up? Apollos. Apollos showed up, and he helped continue the work there. In fact, he probably deepened the work there because Apollos was a very well-trained man who knew God's Word, who knew the Old Testament, and he furthered God's Word in that group. So there, each one had their own purpose there, and their own purpose was they were used to bring the Corinthians to faith. Bottom line, okay? They were used to bring the Corinthians to faith. Each had a different ministry to the church, completely different ministries. Each of them were completely different. Now, they were friends. The interesting thing is, is Paulus was part of the Pauline group. Do, do, do you know what I'm saying? That would be like, okay, let's say Danny and I are good friends, and we are. We're good friends. We do everything together, okay? We enjoy cheeseburgers together. We, we do everything together. But then there's a ruckus that starts in the church. He, he and I are friends. Brad over here says, I'm with Denny. Sam says, I'm with George. But we're friends. Do, do you know what I'm saying? We didn't want the ruckus, but people develop it in their own mind. Do you know what I'm saying? They start polarizing to individuals. Well, George is better than Denny, or Denny's better than George. You know what I'm saying? And But if you ask George and Denny, they're not fussing with each other. They're friends. They enjoy good cheeseburgers together. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Or ribs, like last night I saw that post. You, here you are, you're posting about ribs, and you don't share it with anybody, you know? Okay, so now we're fighting, right? Okay, okay. So, okay, so each one had a different ministry, okay? Now, and you remember this, Apollos and Paul are from the same group of people. Do you understand? They're from the same group of people. But this shows you the nature of other people. Do you, do you understand? This shows you human nature. We want to gravitate towards people and we create problems, and we don't need to. Okay, and this is what Paul's bringing up here. God gave the increase as a result of the differing ministries. So each one 
has a different ministry, and so therefore they bring about different results. You, you just need to realize that. You know, I have strengths in some areas, but I have pastor friends here in town, okay? They have strengths in other areas. Do, do you understand? I, I consider, and, I, and it's really, it's a defeating thing to sit around and say, oh, I wish I was like so-and-so. No, I don't, because that's not me. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? That's not me. I, I can't be that kind of person. This is the thing we're talking about. Paul's saying each one has a different ministry, and God gives the increase, okay? God gives the increase to the different ministries. Now, they as leaders are not important. Only God who gives the increase. This is the issue. Quit focusing on men. Believers, quit focusing on men. It isn't who your pastor is or who you're listening to on the radio. God is the one who gives the increase. They're just men. Which, by the way, that protects you. Why? Man, we live in the internet age, so any little scandal just shows up on the internet, doesn't it? And by the way, they're not little. Whereas before, years ago, you would have never heard about it. Now you do hear about it. And people that we used to listen to and thought, oh, man, those are great messages. I've thrown away more books here in the last couple of years from guys because of their failures. Now, I keep going on. Why? Because my trust isn't in the dude who fell. My trust is in who? Jesus, right? Do you understand? So this is the perspective we need to have. We need to, to recognize that leaders aren't important. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And the moment they think they're important, you got a problem. Okay? you got a problem. They're not important. It's God who gives the increase. Now, as they as leaders are equal, and each will be a rewarded for his work. They're equal. He and Paulus are equal, but each one has a different job assigned by who? God. You know what I'm saying? You know, I've said this years ago that ministry is, you know, doing work for the Lord is like working on a, size, uh, a skyscraper. God is the architect. He's the guy in charge. He's the project manager. And I'm the guy installing toilets on the 13th floor. You might be the guy who's doing drywall. We're all doing what? A part of the project, right? And we can all say, I helped build that skyscraper. But ultimately, it's God who is the one who designed it. He's the one who gets the credit, right? He's the one who gets the glory. They don't sit there and say, boy, George did a great job with those flushers on, on, on the 13th floor, didn't he? You know what I'm saying? You know, they, they don't do that. Or they won't say, oh, that guy did a great job with the drywall work, you know? That, that, that's not the issue. The issue is the Lord. Everybody has their own specific task. And so, okay, so he brought me here for a reason. When he's done with me, I'm gone. Do, do you understand? Because the reason he brought me, he completed, then I'm gone. That's true for anybody. 
If you've been in church around a long time, you know some of you have had many pastors. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, some of you have had many pastors. And through the years, you remember certain pastors had a key part in your life at that point, right? But then when they left, you went on and somebody else came in and had a key part in your life, right? To minister to a different area of your life. Do you see what I'm saying? All are equal. They all have different jobs. But who gets the glory? Who's the one who's the master planner? The Lord. See, them arguing like, I'm a Paul, I'm of Apollos, or I'm of Cephas, that's pretty ridiculous, isn't it? That, that's just meaningless, and it's more a reflection of the people who are saying that than of these leaders. So here's what he says. The leaders are God's servants, and the church is the work. That's the point he's making here. The leaders are God's servants, and the church is the work. So now he's going to talk about the nature of ministry. So I want you to look with me at verses 10 through 15. Okay, here's what Paul writes. Verse 10. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and somebody else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. It's kind of an odd passage, isn't he? What's he talking about here? He's got a couple things he's referring to here. But we're going to talk about the work of the nature of the ministry. So first of all, Paul's work in Corinth. Paul wisely laid a foundation in Corinth that others built upon. That's what his role was. His role was just come in to establish the church. Somebody else coming along and doing ministry, building upon that, that was somebody else's work. His job was simply to establish a church and go on and establish churches in other areas. And we're glad for that, right? Because it wasn't for his initial work establishing churches throughout the Roman world at that time. Who's to say where Christianity would be today as to whether or not even we would believe? You know what I'm saying? Paul laid a foundation. Paul warns them to take heed how they build upon the foundation he had laid. So he's telling the Corinthians, be careful how you're building on this foundation. Now, why do you think he's saying that? Why do you think he's... I mean. I thought we're talking about ministers here, George. Why is he saying to the Corinthians, be careful how you build on the foundation? Why do you think he's saying that? Okay, Gene, you've got... uh, He wants them to keep their focus on Jesus, okay. Anybody else? Why do you think he's saying to them, you be careful how you're building on that foundation? 
Okay, well, yeah, he does it, and he'll say that later. That's good, Tom. Anybody else? What do you think? Okay, they weren't off to a good start. They weren't building well, but you're assuming something there. The, the assumption is they're supposed to do what? You're like, okay, okay, they're supposed to build on the foundation in a correct manner. Okay. Follow the blueprint. Okay. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, why am, I, why am I picking on Bruce? Okay. All right. So here's what I want you to see. You and I, I'll just go ahead and tell you. I'm trying to get it out of you, but you're like, well, it's not time change Sunday yet, George. Okay. All right. Listen. All right. You, every one of you, is building on the foundation here. No, I'm not. I just attend here. No, no. You are building on the foundation of the church. Don't think of the church as the building. Think of it as the people here. You are building on the foundation. And so he's telling them, to. he's warning them, take heed to how you build on that foundation. See, we think ministries, and, and the Corinthians did, are the men. Paul, Apollos, Cephas. And sometimes we think that, oh, it's the preacher or the group of leaders or whatever. No, 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 you don't understand. The church is being built on, you're building on that church even today. You, every one of you, are building on that foundation. Take heed how you build. And that's important that you realize that. Because later, it has implications. Now, what do you mean? We'll see it here in a moment, okay? So he's telling them, he's warning them, take heed how you build on that foundation. He states that there is no other foundation than Jesus Christ. So the foundation of this church is Jesus Christ. Do you understand? This is the foundation, and you are building on it. Each of us are building. I'm building on it, you're building on it, okay? Now, each one builds on the foundation with different materials, you build on it with different materials. Now, he describes these materials as gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. You're building on it with a type of material that could be called gold, precious, well, maybe wood, hay, and stubble, George, but I don't have gold, precious stubble. What do you mean? He's using analogy. He's trying to get you to understand that you're building on this church with a type of material. All right? And that's going to be important later on. Why? The nature of one's work will be revealed in the judgment. Ultimately, in the end, every one of you is building on the foundation of this church with something. And that's going to be judged later on. Now, if it's gold, precious stone, silver, and you put it through the fire, what happens? Does it burn up? No, it, it's purified, right? Now, if you put wood, hay, stubble in the fire, what happens there? It's gone. So you are building on this church, and whether or not it stands for eternity is the issue. The judgment will determine whether or not what you're doing stands for eternity. Now, let me give you a practical example. I'll use me. So I get up here every week, I teach two times. I do Sunday school. I do, I do um, Sunday morning message. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe do some other things. 
and I, I pastor and whatever. Now, well, it sounds like you're building with, go- with gold, precious stones, and silver, George. Well, I hope so, but you'll never know. In the judgment, it may be revealed that everything I did was wood, hay, stubble. Now, why would that be? Why is it there the possibility that me doing all that might be wood, hay, stubble? Anybody know? Yeah, the motive. That's right, Tim. Or was it Lori who said that? Okay, he, he seconded. Oh, you're, you're agreeing with her. Okay. Yeah, it would be my motive. Why am I doing it? Am I doing it for myself? Now, nobody does anything in church for themselves, right? Mike just looked at me like, what are you talking about, George? People do a lot of stuff for themselves in church, right? Yeah, for their egos or make it so they look good. But here's the thing, and nobody knows that, though. Oh, weren't you wonderful, George? Yeah, that's great. Tell me, tell me more. You know what I'm saying? And then one day I stand before Jesus and he says, you remember that? It's burned up. It's not lasting for eternity. You got yours out of it. Do do, do you understand what I'm saying? You and I, so I use myself, you and I are building on that foundation in the church. Even, Even like, okay, Let's, let's say this. Let's say, I'll, I'll use Danny again, okay? Let's say Danny's down on his luck on something, and I help him. But the reason why I help him is because I want to look good helping him. Now, everybody else thinks, boy, wasn't that great that George was there to help Danny out? Yeah, but when I stand before Jesus, Jesus says, oh, do you remember when you helped Danny out? Yeah, I know the real reason you helped Danny out. Wood, hay, stubble. And it's burned up. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? It's burned up. Th- this, is, this is the reality. All of our works will be judged. And we'll receive a reward or not. See, we think, oh, I'm safe from heaven. I'll never have to worry about answering to Jesus for anything. Really? Did you read what he says at the end here? Let's keep going on. One whose work endures, the judgment will be rewarded. You'll get a reward. This isn't a judgment of whether or not you're going to go to hell or not. No, no, no. You'll get a reward. But but one whose work is burned up will lose everything except their salvation. Paul's assuming there are going to be people there that literally have everything burned up Except that they're what? Saved. Wow. Do do, do you know what I'm saying? We're talking about for eternity now. Well, where do I volunteer at church, George? No, that's the wrong, wrong thing, buddy. Listen, that's not the point. The point is the quality of why you're doing what you're doing now in the body of believers. The issue isn't whether you have a position or whether you're doing some ministry or not. The issue is the motive which, by which you do what you do with other believers. Are you building on the foundation that's Jesus Christ? And what are you doing it with? With the right motives or with the wrong motives? And it'll be judged. Do you understand? Now, nobody talks like that today, do we? 
Oh, we can just do whatever. And I can treat whoever. Like I can, I can just snub rub all day long. You know what I'm saying? But the fact is, what are you building on? What are you building on here? This is the point he's making here. One whose work is burned up will lose everything except their salvation. Now, let's go on. Verse 16 through 17. Here's what he says. He says, Do you not know that that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Now, who do you think he's talking about there? Who's the you? Oh, Gene says the church. Anybody else? Who do you think? How have you heard this referred to in the past? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Us, Us individually. Yes, Christians, okay. And that's correct, but Paul's using it here collectively. He's talking to the church now. He didn't just change the individuals. He's talking to the church. He's saying, you are the temple of the Spirit of God who dwells within you. So he states that they are the temple of God where the Spirit dwells. So, folks, when we gather here on Sunday morning, we need to start entering into our mindset that we're not here, just us. There's someone else here with us. And that's the Spirit of God is here with us. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's somebody else here with us because we're the temple. Okay? Now, when you're individual, you're a temple too. Okay? But let's, let's remember the presence of the church It's supposed to be God is in their midst, okay? Now, warns that those who defile the temple will be judged severely. Now, what's he talking about there? Okay, if you understand that we're the temple, how do you defile the temple? Cause a rift, the fighting, the division. Okay? Remember, because you said earlier, you can't divide the body of Christ. So people who cause ruckuses in church are what? If they're not, the, forget the building, the people. Think about the pe- people. People who cause a problem among the people are defiling the presence of the Spirit. And they're going to be what? Judged severely. Well, George, I've been involved in a lot of fights, and I know people who were doing all kinds of things, and they never got judged. Yeah, but you need to quit thinking short-term. You need to start thinking long-term. Because in long-term, everybody's going to answer, right? And and I can already tell you, there's going to be a lot of people standing up there, and they're going to be assuming that their cause for what they did was righteous. And God will say to them, no, it wasn't. Because your motives were wrong. Your ego was big. And you approached it the wrong way. So Paul warned them that those who defiled the temple will be judged severely. Okay, now let's look at the last section here. Verses 18 through 23. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone thinks he is wise in this age, let him become a fool 
that he may become wise. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Okay? For the wisdom of this world is folly with God, for it is written. He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise and that they are futile. So no one, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or present or the future. All are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. All right, so let's talk about this. Kind of odd, what's he saying here? Well, Paul calls them not to be deceived by the foolishness of worldly wisdom. Over and over, the scripture says, don't embrace the world's thinking. Remember Romans, we just went through, don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. It's all about how you approach things. Don't don't embrace the world's thinking. Don't, Don't embrace the foolishness of worldly wisdom. He points out that the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. It's foolishness to God. We are not to boast in men. Boy, that really comes home a lot, doesn't it? Don't boast in men. Why? Why should we not boast in men? Because of what? They're failures. They're flawed. Okay? Did everybody see what Bruce said? Do you understand? When we boast in men, do we know everything about them? No. No. I mean, that's true even if you're like, well, I spend all day with them and I know everything about them. Really? Really? Do you? I mean, married couples, do your spouse shock you every once in a while? Like, I can't believe they did that. I would have never guessed that. Uh, never. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we'll examine, we'll start, starting after this series, we're going to do a series on marriage with Bruce and Debbie, okay, <laughs> about knowing each other well. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so th- the point is, don't boast in men. Because a lot of times you do, and you regret that later, don't you? You do, you, you regret it. Okay, so let's go on. All things belong to the church, and the church is Christ. This isn't my church. This isn't even your church. This is whose church, folks? Jesus' church. It's Christ's church. Do you know what I'm saying? This is Christ's church. So that's the realization. 